Welcome to Highlands Church Audio Sermons. Today, January 23rd, 2022, we continue our series titled, Hope for the Family. Today's sermon, Maximizing Moments, will be taught to us by Pastor Thomas Slager out of Deuteronomy 6, verses 4 through 9. But first, here's a quick recap of last week's sermon. We have to think of time, the time that we're given as an investment. We have to think this way, to look at our calendar and identify what is the priority. He's not talking about an indefinite period of time. He's not talking about some time or any time or multiple times. He's talking about a specific time, the time, your time. There is a fallen world out there that is telling your kids nonsense, craziness. And you're here to refute that truth with the word of God, to help them grow in the grace of our Lord. Don't focus on the expected outcome. Don't focus on my kids being saved. Focus on being faithful at this moment. The rest will take care of itself. in week three of our series, Hope for the Family. We're talking about family discipleship. How do we lead our family, lead our friends, lead our colleagues, lead other people to love Jesus with everything they have? Last week, Pastor Jeff talked about our planned time. Uh, This week, we're gonna talk about our unplanned time, at least from our perspective. Uh, Last week, we defined time as a series of events, both planned and unplanned. Last week, we dove into the planned time, calendaring out and prioritizing family Discipleship. Hopefully you were able to um, prioritize it in some regard. I know Sunday night last week or Monday night, we used Monday night in our, our house for like some planned family discipleship. Uh, we use this New City Catechism book. If you haven't picked this up yet, parents, grandparents, uh, even just anyone, I'd encourage you to pick this up this morning. We have a few copies left if you can't get one um, because they're all sold out this morning. You can grab one online. What this is is a 52-week question and answer catechism. Think of catechism as a fancy word for discipleship. Uh, it's teaching people via question and answer who God is uh, and how we follow him through Uh, just throughout our entire life. So last week in my house, we went through question one. Uh, Question one, we synthesized uh, and simplified for our kids because we've got four, 10 all the way down to one, right? Uh, We asked the question, what is our only hope? What is our only hope? And the answer is that we belong to God, that we belong to God. And at any point throughout this week, we taught our kids this on Monday night, we asked them that question, guys, what's our only hope? Eli, what's our only hope? What's our only hope? I'm asking you in front of 100 people. What is it? That we belong to God, bud. That's right. That's right. Um, That might not sound revolutionary. That is one of the most revolutionary things I think we could teach our children. What's our only hope in life and death? That we are not our own, but we belong to God. Amen? Amen. Parents, if you haven't tried this, um, try it. If you've never done this before, yes, it will be weird the first time. Uh, It was weird for us. I'm pretty sure at one point a kid was under the table and one might have been on top of the table. But do you know what? We're trying our best, right? Uh, And it's working. 
and it's working. The second resource we've been referring to you, uh, referring you to the last few weeks is this family discipleship book. Uh, this really is the primary resource we based this series off of. We even used some of their chapter headings uh, and their outline of this book to outline this series. So big thanks to Matt Chandler and Pastor Adam Griffin. Um, not that you're gonna see this, but thank you for allowing us to use this. Uh, and this is a great resource for you as well. So if you're looking for some resources for you, for a loved one, for a parent, for a neighbor, uh, whatever it is, three books we have available for you at Info Central this morning. Make sure you grab those before you leave. Time, a series of events, planned and, and unplanned events. Let's Think of them as like moments, things we know are gonna happen and things that just come up. And the sad reality uh, is every moment we experience in life is one less moment we will experience over the course of the rest of our life. And I know that is, uh, sounds super simple. Think of it as the sands of time, the hourglass of life. The sand only goes in one direction. It goes down. Once it goes down, you can't get it back up. Like it's, it's, it's gone. My wife and I do this thing where uh, we'll get our phones out and just scroll through photo albums and revisit past moments. Um, this is an advantage to our generation because everything lives in our pocket on our phone. We can just scroll through our life history. Uh, and some of you actually have to find a photo album and dust it off or get that box of the little tiles with the thing in it where you put it in a projector and use your good eye to try to see what's in that photo. Um, but we'll sit and we'll just, man, look at the moments. Look how time flies. Here's a few moments from our family. I've got a picture of our four kids from when they were babies. Uh, we've got Elijah on the bottom left. Uh, he'll be 10 this year. Jude's on the bottom right. Uh, he'll be eight. I don't know. There, there's a lot of them, so it's hard to keep track of how old they are. Um, we've got some different family. Eli was our first one, and apparently like professional baby photos can get taken. We learned that, so he didn't get those. Um, but the two middle ones did. Jude and Audrey both had professional photos done, and then Evangeline was born in quarantine, so she got what she got. Um, that's our squad. Those are my four kids when they were born. And if you fast forward, um, go ahead and throw that next picture up. This is a couple weeks ago over at the Princess. We did Christmas at the Princess this year, and man, have they grown up. When we were young parents, and now you look at me, you're like, bro, you are a young parent. I know I am a young parent. When I was a younger parent, um, older parents would tell us, man, take advantage of it while you can. It goes by so fast. And honestly, there's some moments in my life where I wish it would go faster because it's just exhausting. <laughs> right? But when you're thinking straight and you're looking at it and you're realizing, man, in an instant, 10 years has gone by. I can't get any of those moments back. They're gone. What I can do is make a change for the future, do it differently than I've been doing it so far. I know for many over the course of the last two weeks, we've just uncovered some, some hurts and like some coulda, woulda, shoulda types of things. Man, if I could go back and do it different, I, I'd do this different. And man, the goal is not to guilt people into wishing they would have done it differently. The goal is by the grace of Jesus, we just do it differently moving forward. Okay, whether that's in our home, with our children, with our spouse, whether that's in the workplace, with your friends, uh, at school, with the, the athletes on your team, whatever it is, our goal is that we'd make little changes and do this discipleship thing the way that God has designed us to do it. Life is just a series of moments, planned and unplanned, so what are we going to do with those moments? Take your Bible and go to Deuteronomy chapter six with me. 
Deuteronomy chapter six, beginning in verse four. We have it up on the screen for you as well if you'd rather just look there. It says this, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You catch those four different moments there. You shall talk of them. Talk of what? Talk about loving Jesus with everything that we have, following Jesus with everything that we are. And we should talk about it when? When we sit. When we're just sitting around the house. In my house, whether we're watching like a baseball game or bubble guppies, every other commercial is an opportunity to correct something that they just heard. It's an opportunity for discipleship as we're just sitting around. Hey, actually, the thing they just said, did that sound right to you? No, that didn't sound right, Dad. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. Does that sound like following Jesus with everything you have or did that sound like something else? That sounded like something else, Dad. Let's talk about that. We should talk about them when we walk. We should talk about following Jesus with everything we have as we walk by the way, just transitioning from one place to another or actually going on a family walk, recalling memories or having important conversations. We can maximize every moment for the purpose of family discipleship. When you lie down, maybe it's bedtime. It's a bedtime prayer with your spouse. It's a bedtime prayer with your kid. It's a, uh, a text to a friend before you just thinking of you praying for you, man. I want to let you know I know you're going through something hard. Uh, I want, you know, whatever it is, I just, as I'm laying down for bed, I just want to reach out to some people, let them know I love them, care for them, praying for them, and just wanting to point them to Jesus. When you, when you rise, when you get up in the morning, maybe it's a quiet time, or maybe it's breakfast with a kid, who knows what it is. But there's moments all the time that we can maximize for the purpose of discipleship. The question is How? How do we maximize these moments so they don't just come and go as wasted moments? How do we maximize them for the purpose of discipleship? Let me give you three things, three ways we can maximize moments for the purpose of discipleship. The first way we do it, we look to Jesus' example. How do we maximize the moments? We look to Jesus as the example for discipleship. Jesus discipled through moments. And we see in the scriptures, some moments found him and some moments he found Some moments found him, some moments were found by him. Luke chapter nine, verses 46 through 48. This is a moment that found Jesus. An argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. Now them here is the disciples, the 12 guys that uh, think of like Jesus' 12 best friends, their roommates, They, they live together, eat together. I mean, they're always together doing life together. And these 12 guys have an argument about who is the greatest. A group of guys walking with Jesus, have an argument of who among them is the greatest. It's Jesus. He's right there. What's to talk about? He's the greatest. It's obvious. But Jesus, knowing the reasoning of their hearts, took a child and put him by his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whoever receives me receives him who sent me. For he who is least among you is the one who is great. Jesus just catches the argument that's going on around him with these 12 followers of his. He could have just kept going, these knuckleheads, they should just look forward, I'm right here. Who's the greatest? It's obvious. Instead, he stops and says, let's talk. That's a moment. We could just let it slide, let it pass by, not Jesus. 
a moment finds him and he maximizes the moment for the purpose of discipleship. He teaches them. Greatness is humility. True greatness is humility. It's servanthood, it's sacrifice. That's what greatness is. Luke chapter 21, a moment found by Jesus. Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box. Think of big expensive gifts. They're offering big offerings into the offering box. And he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins. Now mathematically, who put in more? Right, it's all of the wealthy people putting in big expensive things, even if they're just a fraction of the expensive things they have, or the poor widow who puts in two coins. Who puts in more? It's not a trick question. Like, mathematically, it's the wealthy people who put in more. It's quite obvious. And he said, truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. Her two copper coins is more significant than all of the gifts of these wealthy people combined. For they all contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Jesus looks up and sees a woman putting in two coins and says, look, look. And Jesus does this a lot. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus says things like, look at the birds. Look at the birds. Does God love the birds? Yeah, God loves the birds. Does God care for the birds? Yeah, God cares for the birds. Does God love you more than the birds? Of course, yeah, God loves you more, us more than the birds. If God takes care of the birds and he loves them and he loves you infinitely more than he loves the birds, don't you think he'll take care of you as well? Yeah. Jesus says, look at the lilies, look at the flowers of the field, how they grow. Look, he created these moments. Talking with uh, Pastor Ed Lutz this week, he put it like this. He said, we could look for sunsets, sirens, and when things go south. Sunsets, sirens, and when things go south. Sunsets, guys, can we look at that sunset for a minute? Not just look how beautiful it is, but look what God did. Look what God has created for us to enjoy. It's amazing. It's amazing that God would allow us to partake in something so beautiful as a gorgeous sunset. Sirens, you can't drive around town without hearing a siren every day. That could trigger something. It could be a reminder to pray for someone, a sick loved one, a sick relative, a sick friend, or the situation going on. Like that's an opportunity we can maximize, a moment we can maximize for the purpose of discipleship. Hey guys, let's, let's bow our heads real quick and let's just pray. Let's pray for whatever situation that someone's finding themselves in right now that God would be with them and that through this situation, God would be glorified and it would work out for their good. Or when things go south, it's not like, I did not see that coming. Well, that's not the way that test result was supposed to come back. That's not the health report that I was supposed to have. How do we use that moment, a moment we can maximize for discipleship? Matthew chapter 28, it's the Great Commission. Jesus says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. When we think go here, sometimes we think drop what you're doing and go do something different. That's like the context we normally take to that verse, but the Greek here, go, is like as you're going, as you're living your life, make disciples. In the job you currently have, make disciples. In the relationship you're currently in, make disciples. 
The high school you currently attend, make disciples. The baseball team that God's placed you on, make disciples. As you are going, we maximize every moment for the purpose of discipleship. That's the first thing we do. We look to Jesus' example. We look to Jesus' example so we can maximize moments for discipleship just like Jesus did. Second thing, when we find those moments, we're gonna focus on three things, three questions. This is a framework that Mary and I try to use in our house. We ask three questions. Who is God? What does God say? How do we follow God? Who is God? What does God say about the situation? How do we follow God in this situation? 2 Timothy 3, 14 through 17. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. Um, Otherwise, it should be up on the screen for you. 2 Timothy 3, uh, we'll just read verse 16. It says this, all scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. This is what we go to. Who is God? Let's look at the scriptures. Who Who do the scriptures say God is? What does God say? Let's look at the scriptures. What does God say about this? How do we follow him in this situation? Let's look at the scriptures and try to figure out how do we follow God through this situation. Let me give you a few situations that we sometimes work through in our house. Let's talk about bad language um, or insults, um, cursing people, whatever it might be. Uh, Let's talk about that. Who is God? When it comes to how we speak to people, who is God? Well, we know God is love. And we know in the beginning of the Bible, the way God spoke, he spoke life into existence. He spoke life. That's who God is. He speaks life. What does God say? Well, specifically about how we should talk. Ephesians 4.29 says, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouth, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. What does God say about how we should talk? We ask the question in our house, why did God give you a mouth to say good things or bad things? The answer is good things. God gave us a mouth to say good things. God gave us a mouth to speak grace, speak life, speak truth. How do we follow Jesus in this moment? First, we go confess our sins, and then we speak grace, we speak life, just like God. Another example, another example from our house Um, It's behavioral things that we tend to work on a lot. Um, Let's talk about violence or hitting. At this point, you're probably thinking like, man, lunch at the Slagers sounds so much fun. (laughs) Bad language and violence. (laughs) Up on the screen for you, who is God? God is our provider and our protector. That's who God is. God's our provider and he's our protector. What does God say about hitting? Does God say eye for an eye? No, he says turn the other cheek. Galatians 5, fruit of the spirit, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Not lash out and throw a right hook because your brother or sister said something you didn't like. That's what God says. How do we follow Jesus? We pray for Jesus to change our hearts. We confess our sins, not just sorry, because that is not, that's not real. You're just doing what I told you. Are you sorry because you got caught or are you sorry about what you did? Confess our sins. I'm sorry I shouldn't have said that. I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. We pray for Jesus to change our hearts. We confess our sins. Then we use our hands to help heal and provide and protect for those who can't provide and protect themselves. In the same way, we ask the question, why did God give us 
a mouth to say good things or say bad things. The answer is to say good things. Why did God give us hands? Did God, did God give us hands to hurt people or to help and heal people? He gave us hands to help. He gave us hands to heal. Who is God? What does God say? How do we follow him in this moment? Moments aren't all bad behavior related, okay? And this applies to all sorts of things in different ages and stages of life. Let's talk about success. Let's talk about success. Who is God? He's sovereign over everything. He's sovereign over everything. What does God say? God says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. How do we follow Jesus? We praise him and we thank him for what he's doing in our life. You got the scholarship. You got the promotion. You got the pay raise. You got the good health report. Whatever success looks like, God is sovereign over that success. So who gets the credit? Do we pat ourselves on the back and say, man, look what I did. Good for me. I'm something. Or do we say, God, thank you. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. Thank you for giving me the work ethic. Thank you for allowing this and planning this to happen in my life. God, you deserve all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, not me. We humble ourselves. We humble ourselves. Another thing we can use the framework for, who is God, what does God say, how do we follow Jesus? We use the framework on our, on our, on our own, on ourselves, especially when we get it wrong. Especially when we get it wrong. Who, who is God? Man, he's not what I just did. God is not short-fused. God is long-suffering. He's patient. That's who God is. What does God say? Fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, patience. Love is patient. Love is kind. How do we follow Jesus? But I'm so sorry I said that. So sorry I did that. That was wrong of me. And my kids are pretty gracious, so most of the time they say, it's okay, Dad. And then I have to swallow my pride again, humble myself, and say, it's not okay. It's not okay for me to, to treat you like that. It's not okay for me to talk to you like that. I'm sorry, would you forgive me? Who is God? What does God say? How do we follow him in this moment? We ask those three questions. We find the moment. We maximize the moment. We look to Jesus' example. Don't waste the moment. Ask three questions. Who is God? What does God say? How do we follow God in this moment? Third thing, all the while we follow Jesus first. We follow Jesus first. It's got to start with us. It's got to start with you. Go back to Deuteronomy 6 with me. Deuteronomy 6, beginning in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Doesn't say they shall love the Lord their God with all their heart, all their soul, all their might. You, me, individually, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words that I command you shall be on your heart. Who does this start with? It starts with me. It starts with you. The goal is not just, I'm gonna teach them, teach them. Teach. The, the goal is, I'm gonna love Jesus with everything I have and everything I am. That's where we're gonna start. I'm gonna follow Jesus first. And I'm gonna bring my family with me. 
Joshua chapter 24, verse 15 says, and if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. In other words, stop having a foot in both camp, both camps, okay? Just make, make a decision. Do you want to follow Jesus or not follow Jesus? Do you want to serve the Lord or not serve the Lord? Do you want to follow the same fake gods that your family has followed for as long as you can remember, or do you want to follow the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, Jesus? Make a choice. End of verse 15, Joshua says, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Where does that begin? As for me, as for me, what am I gonna do? I'm following Jesus. Who am I serving? I'm, I'm serving Jesus. Who am I walking with? I'm, I'm walking with Jesus. That's the decision that I'm making for myself. As a result of that, man, I'm bringing my family with. Bringing my family with me. There's this phrase that says, you can't pass on what you don't possess. You can't pass on what you don't possess. Parents, grandparents, if our goal is to pass on our faith to the next generation, whether it be our children or our grandchildren or a friend or a family member, a colleague, a teammate, whatever it is, if we're going to pass on a relationship, we need to possess a relationship with Christ. If we want our children to walk with Jesus, it means we walk with Jesus. If we want a friend to walk with Jesus, it means we walk with Jesus. It starts with us. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse one says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. Other translations say, follow me as I follow Jesus. In other words, you wanna know how to follow Jesus? Follow me. Follow me, because I'm following Jesus. You want to know what it looks like to walk with the Lord? Follow me, I'm walking with the Lord. You know, my kids, uh, they have this uh, two-word phrase we hear all the time, all the time in our house. Watch me. Watch me. You remember this from having young kids? Dad, watch me. Yeah, what are we doing? Oh, nothing amazing, but I'll watch that. I'll watch you do that. Watch me. What, what are we doing? We're playing football. Watch me. Okay, yeah, I'll watch you. Oh, yeah, good job, bud, right? Parents, what we gotta do is flip that. We need to tell our kids, watch me. Watch me. You wanna see what it looks like to follow Jesus? Watch me. I'm gonna follow Jesus. You wanna see what it looks like to pray? Watch me, I'll pray. Watch me. What's it look like to have a quiet time? In the watch me, I'll show you all. Watch me. Boys, you want to know how to love a woman and really love your wife someday? Watch me. Moms, to your daughters, do you want to see how to love your husband? Watch me. I'll show you how to love a husband. You want to, you want to know how to succeed as a Christian? To actually like find success in life but do it in a way that's gracious and honors the Lord for the success that you've had? Watch me. You want to see how to succeed? Watch me. You want to see how to suffer? Watch me. You want to see what it looks like to walk through cancer and follow Jesus? Watch me. We've got to flip it around. We've got to be an example. We've got to show them what it means to follow Jesus. And this is not just for parents and grandparents, students. I mean, you've got a world of different worldviews and craziness going on at school. 
and people have a pretty bad idea of what it means to follow Jesus, you get to say, you wanna know what it looks like to follow Jesus? Watch me. I'll show you how to walk with the Lord. You wanna know what it looks like to love your neighbor? Watch me, I'll show you how to really love your neighbor. Be imitators of me as I'm an imitator of Christ. We gotta flip it around, watch me. Watch me. Fourth thing, how do we do all this? We prepare for the unplanned. We prepare for the unplanned. And honestly, I don't know what's gonna happen tomorrow. You know what's gonna happen tomorrow? Like, I think I have an idea of what's gonna happen tomorrow. I have no idea, really, though. I'm not, I'm not in that much control. Proverbs 27, verse one says, do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. You do not know what a day may bring. If you've got young kids at home, you have no idea what's gonna happen at any given moment in your life. Anything, there's no, no idea what's gonna come out of their mouth next, no idea what type of day or what thing they learned at school. No idea when the next backyard injury is gonna happen. No idea when the trampoline's gonna blow away over the wall again. No idea when any of this stuff's gonna happen. So we plan for it. We plan for the unplanned. Maybe you're thinking, how do you plan for the unplanned? That doesn't make any sense. How many of you remember doing fire drills in school? Isn't that a plan for the unplanned? Or this might reveal your age. Um, how many of you remember doing atomic bomb drills in school? because that's gonna work, right? A-bomb, get under your cardboard desk. <laughs> you have a plan for the unplanned. What's that, that phrase, failure to plan is planning to fail? Right? Have a plan, what's the plan? Step one, man, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. Jesus didn't miss moments. He maximized moments for the purpose of discipleship to help the people in his life love Jesus with everything they have and everything they are. Didn't miss a moment. We look to Jesus. We learn from his example. Step two, you find a moment, ask a few questions. Hey, who's God? What does God say about this? How do we follow God in this moment, in this situation? Third thing, where does it start? It starts with us. We walk with Jesus first. We walk with Jesus first. Friends, I'm not sure where you're at, what age or stage you're at in your life. Um, while this series has been geared towards parenting, man, it's applicable to everything. We will face moments, unexpected moments, every single day. They're gifts from God for us to utilize them, maximize them for the purpose of discipleship to help the people all around us love and follow Jesus with everything they have, with everything they are? Would we not miss them? Would we have the eyes of Christ? Would we see the moments? Would we look to Jesus? Would we help people know who God is, what God says, what it means to follow him? And may we model walking with Jesus first, amen? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. God, there's nothing I desire more than to see my kids walking with you and for some reason I still get it wrong.
thank you. Thank you that we know we're not, we're not alone in this. God, you've sent us out to make disciples, but you've told us, behold, I'm with you. I'm with you to the end of the age. God, would we not bank on our own abilities, our own talents, our own knowledge of your word? Would we lean into you and trust your spirit in those moments where we just don't know what to do? God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your help. We thank you for the opportunity to point people to you, to help them love you and follow you with everything they have. God, would you help us do the same for your glory and your glory alone. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. Isn't that the truth? Oh Lord, how I need you. Man, if we're gonna disciple our family, disciple our friends, our classmates, our teammates, the people in our circle any given day, we need the Lord's help. I don't know where you're at in your relationship, your walk with Christ this morning. Uh, maybe you are a believer, you trust Christ for your salvation, maybe you don't, and the Bible's clear. The Bible says if we confess our mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we shall be saved. You can begin a real relationship, fellowship, walk with Christ this morning. If you haven't done that, I would encourage you, don't wait another day, don't miss another moment. Come down this morning, and we'd love to pray with you, help you begin a relationship with Christ. I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come forward. Um, if you need some prayer regarding family, uh, or again, if you wanna give your life to Christ this morning, I'd invite you to come down the front um, after the service. Let me remind you, these resources are available to you. They're pretty cheap, uh, not in what's inside of them. They're really rich material, but pretty cheap financially-wise. You can grab those at Info Central. Um, pick one up for yourself. Pick one up as a gift to someone else, whatever it is. But uh, we need the Lord's help if we are truly going uh, to disciple our families. And it's nice to have some good resources that help as well. Friends, would we have the eyes of Christ this week? Would we see the moments that find us? And would we see moments that we can find to maximize them for the purpose of discipleship? Would we help our friends, our family, our children know who God is, know what God says, and what it looks like to follow him? And first and foremost, may we be the example of what it looks like to follow Jesus in our home. Amen. We love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.